when he gave me life. I was dead in my sins, hopeless, any dream of life crushed. In the grip of darkness, without any true source of light, chose me when I had nothing to offer him, but that's who he is. His love flowed through my soul. He said, awake, awake.
blazing sun shall pierce the night and I will rise among the saints and my gaze transfixed on Jesus scripture reading this morning comes from Matthew 26 and 27. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at the table with the twelve. And as they were eating, he said, Truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to one another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, You have said so. Now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And taking with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? They all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the whole battalion before him, and they stripped him and put on a scarlet robe on him. And twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the robe and put his own clothes on him and led him away to crucify him.
Yeah. 
And when they had crucified him, they divided his garments among them by casting lots. Then they sat down and kept watch over him there. And over his head they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then the two robbers were then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and one on the left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, You who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, He saved others. He cannot save himself. He is the King of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God deliver him now if he desires him. For he said, I am the Son of God. And the robbers who were crucified with him also reviled him in the same way. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lemash sabachthani. That is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, that, said, This man is calling Elijah. And one of them at once ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. But the other said, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to save him. And Jesus cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. The tombs also were opened, and many bodies of the saints had fall, who had fallen asleep were, were raised. And coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. When the centurion and those who were with him, keeping watch over Jesus, saw the earthquake and what took place, they were filled with awe and said, truly, he was the son of God. Jesus, he was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and was esteemed um, and he, we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth like a lamb that is led to the slaughter and like a sheep that before its shears is silent. He, so he opened not his mouth. Isaiah 53, 1-7. stand and we're going to sing Amazing Grace.
want to thank you for the sacrifice you made, Lord, and the honor that it is to be here together as a congregation, as a community, Lord, to remember your sacrifice. Jesus. We praise you and we glorify you. Pastor Sarah, worship team. I love what Pastor Sarah just prayed today because that is exactly what I've been speaking to God this morning. Today we remember. Today we remember. In just a moment, we're going to share communion together. If you did not receive the emblems when you came in on this Good Friday, if you just want to put a hand in the air, our guests and family services team, they will see you. Just keep your hand up until they see you and find you. Today we remember, church, today we remember all these amazing songs that we have sung today are all because our Savior chose to walk willingly to the cross, to pay the price that even Pilate realized that he did not deserve to pay. But Jesus chose freely to obey the Father's call and suffer and die for each and every one of us. That we could be here together, saved, set free, to worship, to praise, to live, to breathe. That death would have no hold on us because of the death that changed the world. And so today, God, we remember. We remember together that moment that we realize, not just in our minds, but in our very core, that you are who you say that you are. Today, God, we remember that moment that you entered into our lives and invited us into that relationship. God, today we remember your guidance. God, today we remember your patience. God, today we remember your son. who suffered where we should have suffered, who died, God, where the cost of our sin was our life, but instead you came and gave yourself for us. And so today, God, we remember. In 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three to 26, Paul wrote this. For I received from the Lord that which I also passed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Before we eat the bread together, after these verses, Paul makes a charge to the people of Corinthians. He says, Make sure that your heart is prepared, that Joining at the table is no small and insignificant thing. This is not a ritual that we just participate in at the beginning of each and every month and and also on, on Easter, on Good Friday. No, this is a symbolic understanding that God is with us today. And so before we participate together, I challenge each and every one of us to take a moment right now 
and out of the gratefulness that Good Friday just evokes within us, can we thank God together for his son? Can we prepare our hearts to meet with him at the communion table? For what has he not given for us? He held nothing back to open the, the, the way for us to be able to enter into this moment and receive the forgiveness, receive that cleansing, purifying light that comes from him and him alone. So I challenge and encourage each person today, surrender your sin this morning. Surrender it before God that we may join together at the table, pure and sanctified, to stand in the holy of holies, because where we are today is holy ground. Canada Life Center, this is holy ground. For he that is alive in you is present with us today. Let's pray. God, we remember, we remember, God, that you are where our strength comes from. And so, Lord, across this room this morning, I ask, God, that you would be the instrument of salvation, Lord Jesus. God, that we would call on your name afresh today. God, that we would recharge at your feet, God. Lord, that we would humble ourselves before you. God, that we would repent of our ways, God. Anything in our lives, in our thoughts, in our actions, Lord Jesus, that does not represent you, Holy Spirit, give us the strength this morning to turn from it from this day forward. God, I don't want the things of the world that, that will taste like ash, but God, we want that rejuvenating, life-giving, living water that is offered this morning. And so, Lord, together we remember. Together, Lord, we approach the communion table that signifies that you are here. And we remember that this bread represents your body, which was beaten, stripped, nailed to the cross for us. Thank you, God, for dying in our place that we could live. So we ask these things in the only name that is worthy. We ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's partake together this morning. Continuing all on, Paul challenges the church of Corinth. He says, in the same way, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this every time you drink it in remembrance of me. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Church, this morning we are thankful for a new covenant. Not the covenants of old that were sealed with the sacrifice of, of animals that could only partially pray. But today, we are thankful for the new covenant that is sealed with the blood of our Savior. The once and for all. The once and for all. <laughs> Thank you, God. You are the once and for all. And so God, this morning, Lord, we join together 
We seal this moment, God, in your presence with the blood that was poured out for us. Let's drink the juice this morning. All right, we're going to pray again. God, thank you for this morning that we can come together and remember. Lord, I pray across this room if there is a spirit of loneliness or despair that is present, Lord God, I pray that we would be able to breathe in your spirit together, Lord Jesus, and look around at who it is that you have gathered here under this roof. From all corners of the world, God, you have brought us here. Holy Spirit, have your way this morning. Speak to every life, God, the whole young and old, God. I thank you for the kids that are in the room this morning, God, to share in this together, Lord. We are a family, Lord Jesus. So, God, touch every life today. I pray for wisdom, Lord God, from the mouths of those in this room who are seven, eight, and nine, God. May they reveal, just as your son did, God, a depth of understanding, Lord Jesus. There is one Holy Spirit. And so God, speak this morning as only you can. We ask that in your holy name. Amen. Amen, amen. Life Center Canada, good morning. Good morning. Man, we can't be singing Amazing Grace on these Good Fridays because, woo, gets me every time. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much for joining us together. If you're new here, welcome to Life Center Canada. My name is Pastor Mitch. I'm the campus pastor here, and this is the right place to be. God is with us this morning, and I thank each and every one of you for joining us as we bring the Holy Spirit into this place together. I'm going to ask you to do something as I introduce uh, the message this morning on either side, or no, sorry, on the far side, not either side, not either side, on the far side. So if you're closest to the wall, um, on either side of the room, or if you're in the middle section, it's on your right. Uh, under the far chair, there's a piece of yarn. And so if you want to just grab that yarn and pass it along the row, that would be fantastic. We're going to start something new this morning as a part of Life Center all across all of our campuses. If you joined us this year uh, for Christmas Eve, I earlier tried to tell the worship team what that day before Christmas was called, and it wasn't there. So thankfully, I got that out already. Every Christmas Eve on, uh, on that night, we sing together, and we hold a candlelight vigil. And starting today, as a part of our Good Friday service, we are going to take this yarn and be joined together, physically as we are spiritually, through the preaching of the word and our final song. And so we wanted to introduce this this morning, just as we did on our Christmas Eve services, because our kids are in the room too. If you're like 13 and under, can you just wave at me real quick? Yeah, look at them all. Come on. That's awesome. That's awesome. Life Kids, we are so excited to have you with us today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us and being a part of this amazing service. Life Center would not be Life Center without you. So welcome. Easter is such an important time. 
And as we reflect and, and dig into the service this morning, I think that there, there is, there's an agreement that is shared from those who are in the room, and I, and I honestly believe for those who are outside of the room today, is that there is something not quite right with the world. There is something not quite right with the world. Now, the area in which we may differ is trying to specify what is wrong and who is responsible. But I want to encourage you today that instead of listening to me, let's listen to Jesus. Because I believe that Jesus is the one who is most able to identify what is wrong and who is responsible. In Luke 18, 9 to 14, Jesus introduces this parable. It says this, He told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Two men went up to the, into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I can. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. But he beat his breast, saying, God... Be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus looked to the crowd and said, I tell you, this second man went to his house justified rather than the first. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The kingdom of God is amazing. It stands in contrast to the culture that we find ourselves in. As we were worshiping today, God put this on my heart and, and, and I've, I've already heard it and expressed this to many people today and we just experienced in the middle of April an ice storm. What is going on? What happened? Why? Why is this taking place? And with the ice, cor- ice storm came a loss of power. And if you're here today and you're still without power, we want to encourage you to let someone at Guest and Family Services know we would be more than happy to try to help out in any way that we possibly can. But I heard as people were coming in today, I've heard uh, since Wednesday that question being asked, do you have power? Do you have power? Do you have electricity? And the heartbreak that comes in when someone says no The even greater heartbreak that comes in when someone says, I never lost power. Like, how dare you? (laughs) Oh, you just had a flicker. Okay. (laughs) But I wonder today if this reflects where it is that our culture has been placed. See, we live in a culture that has much, but is grateful for very little. We live in a culture where our meals are, 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 are hunted for us and gathered for us. We go to the grocery store and get upset when the fruit and the vegetables aren't exactly to our liking. But we didn't plant them. We didn't harvest them. So we live in a culture that has much but is grateful for very little. And we see this reflected in the tax collector where he is trying so hard to place his deeds, to place his merits, to place his accomplishments before God as though they matter. 
God, look at my life and everything that I have done. Look at my life and everything that I have achieved. And God, of course, look at me, but it's for you. And the tax collector who finds himself in this place where maybe he had robbed many in his, in his culture, maybe he had gathered much money, identifies correctly that none of that matters, but instead presents himself humbly before the king and says, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Church, today, the question for us is not, did you lose power? The question for us is, do you have Jesus? I want to challenge us today as Life Center, as God was challenging me just even in the worship uh, portion of, 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 our, of our service together, that I don't want to be more concerned about the electricity in the lives of my neighbors than I am about the salvation and the condition of their soul. If my heart breaks for those that God has surrounded me with because their fridge isn't working, how much more so do we need to find ourselves in our knees day and night for their hearts that, have, that don't have eternity written on it? See, this parable found in Luke chapter 18 is brought to full life at the cross. Jesus finds himself crucified, nailed to the cross for our sins, nothing that he had committed. And on one side of him is a, is a criminal who treats him with contempt. And on the other side is one who asks for mercy. Who correctly identifies what is wrong and who is responsible. Jesus identifies in the parable that there are two kinds of people. Those who don't fully understand the condition that they find themselves in. Even nailed to a cross and about to breathe their last breath. And those who look to Jesus as the miracle worker that he is. And this is what makes Friday good. Is that today we celebrate and we remember the finished work of Jesus Christ. Now whether or not we admit that we need grace is what will determine is this is a good Friday for you. Tyler Staten, the author, says this, The good news is that you are loved. Hallelujah. Loved right now without qualification or restriction. Loved unconditionally by whom you are. Loved in a way that you can't lose. The bad news is that you find it hard to believe and even harder to experience it. Your instinct is and will forever be to try to jump up your own lovableness, become lovable in some way that you can define and control, and become in your own eyes what you already are in God's. Hallelujah. The good news is called grace. The bad news is called sin. See, this morning following Jesus starts with a decision. A desire to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, and to turn from those things that don't represent God. But the decision is only genuine church if it is then preceded by evidence of lifelong discipleship. And that is what we do here at Life Center. We are a church that is on the journey to create resilient disciples in this place. Not simply people who will repeat after me, but people who will look humbly into the eyes of Jesus and say, God, without you, I cannot do this. 
God, without you, I have no power. And no electricity company is going to get me through. It's Christ and Christ alone. So today, we remember. And if you're here today, whether you're five or six or 56 or beyond, and you haven't made Jesus your Lord and Savior, I just want to open up this moment for you to do that now. God, for those in the sound of my voice that have yet to surrender their life to God, Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would pierce right now. God, that you would present opportunity, Lord Jesus, for them to confess with their mouths that you are God. To know in this room, Lord God, that we are, are, are a cloud of witnesses to your greatness, God. That each and every one of us here who know you, we did not deserve this salvation that you have given, but it's by grace that we have received. For Lord, we all confess today that you died on the cross for our sins. And Lord Jesus, as we proclaim you king of our lives, as we surrender ourselves to you, as we say, God, forgive each and every one of us of the things that we have done and said and thought. God, in that moment, we are made new. And so, God, I pray two things this morning. Number one, that you would restore the joy of the salvation of those who call Life Center home, who know you and know you well. God, I pray that you don't restore the electricity in their homes, but God, I pray for a restoration of the joy of their salvation. And God, for those that don't know you in this room, I pray that even now, that in their hearts, God, that they would confess that you are king. God, let them tell someone today that we can celebrate together another name written in eternity. And we ask that today in your name. Amen. The scarlet thread that you hold in your hands today is what joins us together. See, our sin separates us, but the blood of Jesus allows us to enter into God's presence. And so today, as we sing this final song, and we hold this thread together, know that you're not alone, and remember that Jesus died for you, and the blood of our Savior restores our soul. Jesus Christ, may I never 
Lord, we just thank you that because of you that we are alive. 
There is nothing that we have done or currently could do to earn your love, to earn salvation. And so we just thank you for this moment, this beautiful moment to come together and to together say, Lord, we need you. We are nothing without you. And so, Lord, we invite you into our lives. We invite you to lead us, to guide us. We accept you as both our Savior and our Lord today. Would you be with us this Easter season? And would it be a beautiful moment of remembering all it is that you have done for us? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, what a beautiful time together to be able to share and um, to be able to reflect on who God is, all it is that Jesus has done. Thank you for joining us this morning. Um, we're so, so grateful that you're here. If um, during this service you have made that decision to follow Jesus for the first time, we just encourage you to fill out a connect card, which should just be in the seat pocket in front of you. Um, you can do that before you leave as well. Um, if you could help us out and just wrap up the yarn that you've been holding, that would be a great help to our team. Um, so we so, so, so appreciate that. And uh, yeah, this is Good Friday. Tomorrow we have the exciting privilege of um, doing Waiting Saturday. And so if you have registered for that, we will be here at 9 a.m. Um, we have 160 people who have registered so far. I believe we actually had to close registrations because we didn't know where else to put people. So if you have registered, we are so excited. Um, come on out. We are going to wait and pray um, and engage that moment together. If you haven't registered, we encourage you to engage Waiting Saturday at home. So dig in. Um, take some time with your family. Pray. Pray um, and just thank Jesus. Continue this moment of Easter, celebrating this moment of Easter um, tomorrow morning um, as a family. And then we'll be back here Easter Sunday, usual service times, 9 and 1045. And so we look forward to seeing you all there. That being said, may God bless you richly. And uh, we look forward to continuing to celebrate Easter the rest of this weekend. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day.